Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Dignity Memorial. When your celebration of life is prepaid today, your family is protected tomorrow. Planning ahead is truly one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. Hey guys, I'm Emma Choi and welcome to Everyone and Their Mom, a weekly show from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This week, we're talking about two cowboys who saved the day with Wait Wait panelist, comedian, and someone who I think probably dances the hell out of a Cupid shuffle. It's Josh Gondelman. Hi, Josh. Oh my gosh. Hi, Emma. It's so nice to see you. No one's ever assumed I'm a good dancer before, and this really, this is a landmark day for me. It's momentous. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to talk about this week's story. I'm ready. Uh, it's about a beautiful moment when the right person for the job was a real-life cowboy and he saved the day. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's it's insane because, I mean, cowboys, you know, some people just associate them with, like, the olden days when gold prospectors went to structurally unsound towns and started brawls while ragtime music played. But cowboys are still at it today, and two of them are in the news for being absolute heroes when cows got loose along a highway in Oklahoma City and, like, emergency crews couldn't catch the cow, but an actual cowboy did. This feels like a cowboy's time to shine. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the, how it happened was the cowboy came riding down the busy highway on his horse, and he actually managed to wrangle the cow in with a lasso, like a rope lasso. And he was sure. wearing an actual cowboy hat. It was perfect, you know? So I I, th- I feel like that's probably just what they wear. Like, to them, they're just like, oh, I just call this a hat. I know. This is like <laughs> my big hat that keeps the sun off my ears, neck, and face. I feel like cowboys are very in right now. Have you noticed that? Like, cowboy culture? Where are we seeing them? Josh, oh, I feel like... Everywhere. Wait, I know, like, Casey Musgraves and Megan the Stallion kind of put forth, like, a Southwestern agenda. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm trying to think of other cowboy culture. Josh, in my community, right... Cowboy culture is huge, right? Because, okay. like, those um, fashion girlies are wearing cowboy boots in the middle of summer, sure, right? Sure, sure. We, we got uh, bachelorette parties who are doing uh, disco mm. cowboy themes, okay? Okay. We got we got the alt-teens who are using the cowboy smiley face emoji for any single reason. It just... Oh, yeah, I know that emoji, it, right? yep. And I just feel like, you know, it, it's so... Ubiquitous. Is that, am I using that word right? It just everywhere. I think yes. Yeah, I think you nailed it with ubiquitous. What do we think is so appealing about being a cowboy? Because it's kind of an eternal like position, I guess. Yeah. Um, I feel like the cowboy type or like the, the cow wrangler, but it's almost always it's almost always boys, but I feel like it's branching out, like you were saying, like mm-hmm. fashion. Cowgirls, for, yeah. For, yeah, cowgirls, cowgirl culture. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> women having cowgirl summers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hashtag cowgirl summer, I love it. But I think it's like the the spirit of adventure mm. and individualism and like um, knowing how to do cool stuff with a rope. It feels like a, 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 a it's a fantasy or a reality of a life with like a lot of skill and self-sufficiency, which is like a very – um, American thing, right? Yeah. To be like, to be like, oh, all I need is a rope and some boots, and I'll just catch my food with a rope, and I'll uh, sleep in my boots so scor- so scorpions don't get in them or whatever. <laughs> so I think there, it's like such a a classic iconic. Um, American image for better and worse, right? Because for better, it's like, ooh, there is like you're up for anything. You're you're roaming the plains. You're you're working the land. And then for worse, it's kind of like it seems pretty lonely. <laughs> yeah. 
just to start off, can you introduce yourself to us? My name is Orville Peck, and I'm a country musician. To us, you're a country music superstar, <laughs> uh, and you're known for your albums Pony and Bronco, which are amazing, and for having a really iconic, specific aesthetic. How would you describe it? My aesthetic? Like, my visual aesthetic? Yeah. Um, I would describe it as weird, lone ranger, rhinestone, cowboy, western star meets, <laughs> um, I don't know, a childhood trauma. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, no, I think it's, uh, I, I don't know, I guess it's, uh, it's sort of my take on the iconic trope of the cowboy, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I know a big part of that aesthetic is that you hide your face under a cowboy hat with a long fringe. So the public has never seen your face, right? Right. Were you at all inspired by the iconic Hannah Montana to live a double life? Um, I, I can't really cite Hannah Montana as an inspiration, uh, mm. unfortunately. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean... I guess what are the logistics of of being like an in the world mass singer? Like, do you wear a mask under your mask when you go on the subway or something? Whenever I go to dinner with the mask, I have to braid it and like put it aside so I can eat. You know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I've definitely I've gone into certain functions or venues where they've asked me to take it off at security, which is always uh -huh. a bit uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, let's talk about. Your, I mean, your image, because you have a very specific, iconic image that, you know, is is theatrical at times, is big. Um, where is that from? Like, did this did this image of, of your look come to you in like a dream or something? <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, you know, I loved the Lone Ranger growing up. Um, mm -hmm. So I grew up in South Africa in Johannesburg till I was 15. And I was always obsessed with the character of cowboys like I loved you know L Lone Ranger I loved this TV show called Cheyenne which you know I used to watch the reruns of Cheyenne all the time and anybody who was sort of like a rebellious outsider or outcast who had this sort of innate solitude or loneliness to them but instead of that being their weakness it was sort of their power and they were like the hero of the story because yeah. um, I think growing up I felt very much like an outcast and like an outsider and i I still to this day carry this sort of inexplicable, irrational loneliness, <laughs> even though I'm surrounded by people who love me and family and friends. Like, I still kind of carry that with me. But I think the beautiful thing about the the kind of the trope or the sort of philosophy of the cowboy is that that's sort of their strength. Yeah, definitely. I mean, something, you know, cowboy culture or like the, the look is very popular right now. But we've also noticed that there's this trend of people who have been like historically on the sidelines, kind of like reinterpreting the cowboy look. People might think that country music or the image of the cowboy is sort of like, you know, cis, straight, white, American kind of world. But the cowboy as just just in reality, you know, we there's a lot more talked about now that, you know, obviously like a lot of the first cowboys were actually not white. A lot of them were black and mm -hmm. most of cowboy aesthetic, the the look and everything, a lot of that is drawn from, you know, like uh, Latin culture and Mexican fashion and Mexican, you know, heritage too. And there's something really liberating and freeing about realizing that that sort of rebellious outsider power can kind of be taken on by anybody uh, yeah. and assumed by anyone. And, you know, it's kind of like the spirit of the cowboy can live within anybody. I don't think you have to be, you know, <laughs> like, you know, herding cattle in order to be a cowboy. <laughs> There's sort of like a more of an 
a profound ethos of a cowboy as well that seems to be catching on to, I suppose, more outsiders these days, people who feel on the outside. I mean, that's definitely, when I was little, I grew up attached to the imagery because of that reason. Yeah, I mean, it's like what Mitski said, you know, be the cowboy, and exactly. everyone is, yeah. Also, like, the look is just dope as hell, you know? Like, I feel like... <laughs> right. Which is a big part of it. Like, I, like, walked around Soho and everyone's wearing cowboy boots. And I'm like, yeah, it looks great. You know, it makes you feel good. <laughs> Were you, like, a horse girl as a kid? Were you, like, a cowboy? <laughs> I, 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 I joke that I'm, like, a horse girl now. I didn't have... No! I didn't, <laughs> I didn't ride when I was a kid, but... Uh, just because, you know, my family didn't... We didn't couldn't afford it, really. But yeah. I loved... Uh, I've always loved horses. And I ride I ride any chance I can now. And, oh, that's uh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also, cowboys are just, like, hot, you know? Like, I mean, like <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, like, you walk into the club with some boots and a cowboy hat on, and you're like, that guy's hot as hell. Like, I think that's, <laughs> that's part of the coolness for me, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, what is it? There's, like, there's like the, there's like the five, like, male stripper tropes. It's, like, policeman, fireman, <laughs> cowboy. I guess we're not really, we're not, but, you know, we're still ACAB. But, you know. <laughs> well, if you're down, we have a game to play with you. Is that okay? Okay, I love okay, games. Okay, it's yeah. super easy. So, okay. basically, you know, we both know country songs are inspired by dramatic things that happen in everyday life. So, we're thinking that I could give you a list of scenarios, and you can tell me whether they're worthy of a country song or not. Okay, I love it. Okay, cool. The name of the game is Melody or Melodont. So um, <laughs> don't feel free to groan every time I see that. <laughs> First scenario, you got the wrong dressing on your salad. Melody or Melodont? Ooh, Melody. I think uh, you could do like a early 2000s Garth kind of song. Also, if the spirit strikes you, feel free to sing us a couple of bars too. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, it's like, I can't get my vinaigrette. I'm going to make y'all regret. <laughs> okay, this is great. Next one. Um, your roommate uses all the hot water. Melody or Mellow Don't? I'm going to go Melody again, just because, you know, yeah. I really, I truly think you can make a country song out of anything. I mean, they, they, they have. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Your favorite queen loses a drag race final. Melody or Melodone? Oh, Melody. I'm going to just be like Melody on all of these, I feel like. That could definitely be like a Patsy Cline, like, you know, spotlight moment with like, you know, the ghost light on the stage. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah, well, for losing that. the lip sync. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, cool. Let's keep going. Uh, the fringe falls off your hat and your face is exposed to the world and you spent the morning drinking Hawaiian punch, so now you have a weird red punch stain around your mouth. <laughs> Melody or Melodone? Melodone, because I think my career would be over. <laughs> um, okay, last one. A baby cow is loose on the highway and no one knows what to do when all of a sudden two cowboys race up on horses, lasso it to safety, and save the day. Melody or Melodone? I mean Melody. That sounds like one of my songs. Yeah. Well, can you give us a taste of what the first line might sound like? It sounds like you might have an, an idea. Yeah, let me think. Uh, well, I was wandering down the highway and I saw you running there. I got my lasso out and I said, I don't care. I'm going to save you, baby. I'm going to save you now. You're going to grow up a real happy cow. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Easy Cater, committed to helping companies solve food. From employee meal plans to on-site staffing to concierge ordering support, 
With corporate accounts, nationwide restaurant coverage, and payment by invoice. EasyCater.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the official Hacks podcast from Max. Join the creators and showrunners of Hacks as they discuss each episode and speak with the cast and crew about the making of the series. Listen to the official Hacks podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit Podcast from NPR. Was he riding his horse along the highway coincidentally or did someone someone have to point like a the the shadow of a big hat up into the sky and he <laughs> knew to hat come signal. i don't know i mean the, I hat, just, uh, the hat signal <laughs> the hat signal i kind of just assumed that like cowboys are everywhere in oklahoma because sure partly because he was working with another cowboy when he wrangled in the cow you know there are like sure. two cowboys just around i love that they're just everywhere you know right 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 yeah. like how in new york there's hot dog carts <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, i love these specific people because i just think that they should hire cowboys to direct traffic everywhere you know like yeah i'd love to see a guy in suede chaps just lasso someone with a full cart in the mm-hmm. 15 items or less aisle like that's a lawless place that could really use a cowboy mm-hmm. we say the streets raised us horses saved us Just to start off, will you introduce yourself to us? I am Randy Savvy. I am the founder of Compton Cowboys. You're also like a real-life cowboy. Have you ever had a parallel park a horse before? I have tried. They don't really stand still. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they're like, either are we going up over the curb or like, what am I doing? Like, Well, can you tell us a little bit more about the Compton Cowboys? Like what you guys do, what you're about? Yeah, no doubt. So... Comedy Cowboys is, uh, I like to classify as, as an equestrian club. And we all basically grew up together riding here uh, in the Richland Farms at this ranch in a program that my aunt founded way back in 1988 called the Compton Junior Posse. And she moved here and got some horses. And lo and behold, she realized that this community was so troubled with, you know, all these different social issues, right? Like gangs, drugs, crime, violence, police brutality, a lot of the stuff that you, you know, mm-hmm. have seen and heard about over the decades uh, that was going on in the city of Compton. So she said, well, maybe if I use my horses to draw the kids in and then when they come, I can say, hey, if you want to ride, first of all, you have to make sure you're showing me your report card. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you're going to school and people are saying you're behaving and all these different things. So kids always will come knock on the door to ask to ride the horse. And she would say, OK, you want to ride? Here's my program. Yeah. So are you guys really integrated with the Compton scene now? Like when people are driving their cars down and they see a horse ride by, like, does any is like not blinking an eye now? Well, interestingly enough, like I said, Compton was founded as uh, the Richland Farms where we are is ground zero for Compton. So the founder of Compton, G.D. Compton, was uh, when he settled in this area, he was a farmer himself. And he chose this area specifically because the land was rich. And so he settled here, and, he, and when he went to incorporate Compton, he made sure that this town was deeded as an agricultural zone into perpetuity in the paperwork. So now in 2022, we still are a farm town. We don't have sidewalks. We have dirt roads and gravel, and people have ranch animals and stuff. So the core essence of Compton is farming. Well, we're talking about cowboys this week because we read this story about these two cowboys who 
lassoed a cow off the side of the highway when like the authorities couldn't. Have you ever done anything like this before? Um, very similar situations. Yes, uh, we've definitely had to go out there and get horses out of situations that you know the typical bystander or you know community member couldn't really uh, solve. Like for example, you know, one time a horse got loose in the neighborhood. And uh, there's no way to like regular dealing with horse horses and having horsemanship is a very particular skill set. And a lot of times, if you're just a regular everyday person, you don't know how to really deal with the horse. You don't know how to get them to move a certain way, how to talk to them a certain way. So it usually takes people that have experience to do that. And so we've definitely been out in the neighborhood chasing horses down, getting them back home, uh, yeah. uh, and that kind of thing for sure. Yeah. What's it, what's the Compton Cowboys' role in the community? Like, do you occupy a specific place in the ecosystem? I love that question. I think that our role in the community makes, mostly is to bring yeah bring nature to the city. You know, we love the dirt. Uh, yeah. we, we love the animals. We love the green trees. We plant. We have a garden, and we love to dwell outside under the sky. And we light fires. The more people see it, the more they kind of gravitate, and or it at least it at least touches them in some kind of way. So your ranch sounds like a really exciting place. Is there like a standout moment of your favorite moment on the ranch? When I'm able to come home and go back in the back and see all those kids back there just running around and riding the horses and just having the time of their life, it's just like changing the community for the better. You know, we grew up. A lot of times in these areas, I grew up rough, you know, me and my, a lot mm-hmm. of our friends, you know, we could have lost our life to these streets like a lot of our friends did. You know, the streets could have took us out and and they didn't. And it's, we owe that to these horses. And so for me to be able to make it out of that and now be able to do something with my friends to pay it forward is very rewarding. You know, um, that's definitely my favorite moment. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That It sounds like really rewarding to see like the past and the present and the future all in one place on the ranch. And all the while you're wearing really cool cowboy outfits during the whole thing. Yeah. So it well, looks that's good my too. thing. I always try to be swagged out. That's our thing. We try to be like, <laughs> we want to be the most swaggy, coolest cowboys that ever lived. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Listening to the news can feel like a journey. But the 1A podcast guides you beyond the headlines and cuts through the noise. Listen to 1A, where we celebrate your freedom to listen by getting to the heart of the story together. Only from NPR. Part of why I love this story is because it's like one of those classic, the right person for the right job who's right there, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned. Have you ever been like the right person for the right job in that moment? So I don't have a lot of skills, um, which makes it difficult. Like, but I'm trying to think of right person, right time. Because it's like, you know, if I'm on a flight and I'm trying to think of like what kind of emergency, like, is there a doctor on the plane? I'd be like, I mean, 
I'm Jewish, so like I know some, yeah. but they're not here. So yeah. I feel like I feel like I always want to be the right person. For I, I always wish like oh time for me to snap into action like Jason Bourne, but they never need just like a like a smartass. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could use you if I'm in a like a like a sassy fight with one of my enemies, and I just mm-hmm. I call you in to, to write some jokes for me on the fly. Yeah, you know? that would or be like, nice. If you, if you need someone to babysit while you go toe-to-toe with another assassin, like, I don't do that as much anymore, but, like, I could. I used to teach pre-K, so, like, there I have go. those skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, like if someone tough was, like, like, in, in, in Kill Bill, if, like, Uma Thurman had been, like, hold this baby while I murder a bunch of guys, I'd be like, oh, I know how to do that. You support the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I could be there. Absolutely. Yeah. I I love the is there a doctor on the plane phenomenon because whenever that happens, my dad is a doctor and Whoa. he always like goes up there. But the thing is yeah. he always comes back a little bummed because there's like multiple doctors on every plane. Right. And they kind right, of pick right. the one they trust the most. And my dad comes like schlepping back to his seat and he's like, They didn't that's pick so me, sad. but that's okay. <laughs> Do you think in this story there was like another cowboy that's like <laughs> time for old Lance to shine? He's like yeah. swirling his lasso in the air. I'm like, oh, we already got the cow, and he's like, ah, son of a gun, yeah, just pew, 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 up in the air. Like, yeah, but I don't think it would him. get him down. Yeah, I think he just shoot the air a couple times and go back into the sunset. Yeah, cowboys would rather shoot the air many times with their guns than go to therapy. I've always said that. Yeah, and thank you for saying that, Josh, and everyone will. Hey, Sarah. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. So just to start, can you introduce yourself to us? Yeah, uh, my name is Sarah Fulton. Uh, I live in Brooklyn. I've been in New York for about 13 years now. Um, And I'm originally from Alaska. So we heard this crazy story about you involving a possum. Would you tell it to us? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I was hanging out at uh, a bar next to the place I work. I work at Stowaway in Greenpoint and the bar uh, Tempkins next door. I was hanging out outside with my friend. Um, and then this creature like runs into the bar. Uh, and we're like, what was that? And my friend was like, oh, I think that was a dog. And I was like, I don't know. That looks like a possum. And we run into the bar Everyone's on the other side of the bar freaking out. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? What is that? And then we're all just trying to figure out how to, like, capture it and, like, take it back outside. And everyone's, like, just losing it. And I was just like, well, guess I'm the calmest one here. So I just went over, uh, like, you know, crouched down and just picked him, scruffed him and carried him outside and let him be on his merry way. <laughs> That's so crazy to me because I'm the kind of person who sees a pigeon on my AC and I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Well, this week on the show, we're talking about people who were the right person for the job at the right time. And you were like that person exactly, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Did your head go into like Alaska mode where you had like a specific thought process of how to how to deal with it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was like right before I did that, when I told everyone, I was like, all right, I got this. I'm from Alaska, you know, because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I never pull that card. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it because if I do, no one is going to question me. Exactly. Be able to, <laughs> they're like, okay, <laughs> she's from Alaska, guys. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, because I was like, I mean, this is not a moose or a bear. Uh, it's a possum. I can easily handle a possum. <laughs> Take me to the moment where you like actually grab its neck. Like, did it? Mm-hmm. What does what does it even feel like to grab a possum? 
right? I mean, it's just like, it felt like picking up a heavy cat, you know? It's just uh-huh. like, I felt like that was like the safest way to do it without harming him, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, he was just frozen in fear in the corner. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I just crouched down and he wasn't moving because he was like, yeah. he's playing possum. I mean, when you look back at your life, do you feel like... what? What do you feel like prepared you for this moment, you know? I mean, growing up and living in Alaska, having moose grow up in my backyard and like going camping with black bears, you know, I think just being around all these wild animals. I thought I was brave enough as a human being and a person before, but Mm -hmm. now after like handling an opossum and realizing (laughs) that's not a normal thing that everybody does, Mm -hmm. I know that kind of is like, I was like, I feel like that's just like proving how Alaskan I am and like... Just, like, being more comfortable with, like, saying, yes, I am from Alaska. (laughs) So what happens after? Like, you just, everyone just goes back to normal? Yeah, there was just, like, shots lined up on the the bar for me. They're like, you're a hero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, all right. (laughs) I'll take it. Well, Josh, we want to play a game with you, if that's okay. I would love that. And it's called, What Would a Cowboy Say? It's a fun one. So we're going to give you a scenario, and you give us what kooky thing a cowboy might say in response. Does that make sense? Sure. I, I, it makes perfect sense. I Nothing's ever made more sense to me than this. <laughs> Great. Okay, let's, let's get into it. How about, he accidentally drops his ice cream cone on the ground. What would a cowboy say? <sighs> Darn. This is like a day with no sunset. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, simile. Got it. Uh, he forgot Thank to do the dishes. What's he saying? Dang. dang. <laughs> Curtis, that's his roommate. <laughs> dang, Curtis. I'm sorrier than a shaved porcupine. <laughs> that was really good. Um, his you. cat got stuck up a tree. What does a cowboy say? He'll be like, Fluffernutter. That's <laughs> the cat's name. Yeah. Fluffernutter. Y'all better come down here. In, in one twitch of a bull's tail, mm-hmm. or I'm coming up after you with with the speed of a, a hailstone on a hot day. Ooh-wee, I love that one. Uh, his best friend is marrying his ex-girlfriend. What's a cowboy saying? Dang, Curtis. <laughs> They're roommates and best Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were true blue, but you're whatever color a snake's blood is. <gasps> and twice as poison. Oh. Ouch. That's hard. Uh, He hears a movie spoiler. What does a cowboy say? Ain't you know how to keep a secret under your hat? I want to enjoy the Devil Wears Prada. (laughs) One more, okay? He saves the day. What does the cowboy say? (sighs) Much much obliged. All in a day's work for a range-roving, horse-straddling, rope-rustler like myself. And a good day to y'all. Yeah. Josh has tipped his hat as a final I tip my character. Hat. I'm yeah. not wearing a cowboy hat. It's a Red Sox baseball cap. But I did tip it in the fashion that I imagine a cowboy might. Close enough. And I loved it. Well, Josh, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here's the rootin' tootinous part of the podcast. The credits. This show is brought to you by Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Fager, Zolo Ray, and Nancy C. Chow. With help from Oha Lopez, Blythe Robertson, Lillian King, Sophia Hernandez Simeone This, and the lady that gave me a free mango in the store. Thanks, lady. Our supervising producer is Jennifer Mills, and our Mikey boy is Mike Danforth. Once again, Lorna White, you make her sound incredible, and we love you. Thank you. 
Thanks to Sarah Fulton for being the gentle vanquisher of Brooklyn possums. Just don't think about it. Just go. Orville Peck, thank you for being the coolest horse girl I know. I don't know what anybody here is talking about. His album Bronco is available now and it is really good. Thank you to Randy Savvy for keeping the spirit of the cowboy around. Ah, sounds elusive. You can find and listen to Randy's music at randysavvy.com. That's R-A-N-D-Y-S-A-V-V-Y.com. Thank you to my co-host, comedian, weekly panelist, and needlepoint pillow enthusiast, Josh Gondelman. Live, laugh, moo. His stand-up special, People Pleaser, is available to stream on platforms like YouTube, Amazon, Apple TV, and more. I'm Emma Choi, and you can find me at WeightWeightNPR and playing it real cool at the movie theater, pretending that I definitely do not have four cobs of corn in my bag. Okay, I'm done. This is NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase for your business. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash Spark Cash Plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR.